that is what God has called our church to be and to do. That we would not divide over secondary issues. That we would be a blessing wherever we go. I plan on crying for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Actually, it's going to get better and better this morning. And I don't know how it is other than taking you in the next 23 minutes to a passage that is so going to blow you away. We need hope. Um, I think in a what an age where... So much is unstable. Stability is what God's calling us for. And we would be stabilized. And the passage that I want to share with you this morning is one that is spoken to those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. And if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, this passage is going to give you more hope than you've ever had before. So, take your Bibles and look at Matthew 16. Matthew 16, we'll look at... And Jesus said this, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, and we'll talk about this statement that Peter made, uh, but upon this statement that Peter made, upon this rock, I will build my church... Whenever we refer to the word church, I know you know this, but in this case, it's so important that you realize we're not talking about a location, we're talking about a group of people. So when we hear the word church, the word literally means the called out ones who are called out for a purpose, called out to be a blessing to whatever concentric circle that God has put you in and place of influence, that you would be used of God to be stabilizers for those around you. So when he says, I will build my church, he's, the church is made up of individual followers of Jesus Christ. Yes, we move as a whole, but individually, we're still the church. And notice this, and all the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All the gates of hell, those uh, of this. This was the home and half goat. Out so famous in Caesarea Philippi, of this particular cultures would come together of this. And beginning in the 3rd century B.C., just before Christ comes, sacrifices were made by casting people and things into this cave as offerings to the god of Pan. Pan, half man, half goat. A god, what they referred to Pan as the god of fright. Thus the word panic. Panic. Interesting here, this spring that came out of this cave was they tried to find the depth to it and they were unable to ever figure out how deep the waters were and they referred to it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, as the gates of hell. Standing here, Jesus Standing in this particular area, Jesus will build my church, and the gates of hell, the gates of culture, won't prevail against it. So the question you have to ask 
that begs me ask is, why did Jesus make the statement there? There are other things, other cultural issues that were going on at that time. Fourteen temples were built to Baal at this entrance at one time. A massive white marble temple was built into it. The next picture you see uh, in these places of blessing. And so you see all these Again, why in the world would Pernium, not in Nazareth, not in standing before the symbols of all, in the middle of culture, and he says, and the gates of culture today, the gates of culture in the future, will not prevail against the church. There is stability. And what the evil one wants us to fall into is the unstable feelings of going the world is going crazy around us and so how do I respond to it and what are we going to do and is this the end of the Christian culture at all and what I want to tell you is that Jesus himself said don't worry about it I've got this and I've got you and I have a calling for you and I've set up the church in the middle of the culture and I've set you up in the middle of the culture and there is hope and that even the gates of hell, even the gates of culture, even the future gates of culture will not prevail against this statement that we're going to look at. There is hope. So what does it mean when he calls the church? If you did the Bible meetings this week... Uh, spiritual body tasked to bring heaven's viewpoint in hell society. Our role as followers of Jesus Christ is to bring heaven's viewpoint in dealing with culture. He goes on and he says that God has deposited us in the culture called to bring the leadership of God into every place we go. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what he's calling us to do. To bring the leadership of God to wherever he has stationed us because he knew that where you are, people around you have a greater chance of coming to know Jesus Christ. And so he's placed you exactly where you are in your neighborhood, in your, in your office, in your school, uh, in your home. That's where he has you. He goes on to say, the church is a community of individuals spiritually linked together with the purpose, here it is, on the road of defining the church. It's about all of us formity very well. Group of people, if there are two, one person, the other person, then God's opinion. And so even as we as a church try to figure out how to navigate uncertainty, there are decisions that we, we make on methodology. And so we don't all agree. But what we've said over the last several weeks is, what drives us? And that you will always hear from us saying what drives us is to point people to Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the only way and apart from him we are wasting our time. And so we want to say we want to yield to the gospel. So instead of here, and here this, this is a powerful statement you might want to uh, take a screenshot of it. Instead of trying to fill our lives with all that we want, because that's what culture does. It's all about me, about my rights, about what I want. Instead of trying to fill our lives with all that we want, we empty our lives to make a difference in the lives of those around us. Because there's, there's selfless, selfishness is always is going to be in conflict with selflessness. 
And so on a daily basis, when you get up, to pr- get up in the morning, that you pray to say, God, instead of me filling my life with all the things that I want and de- that you have designed to, if, if just, just want to pick up Jesus. Christian, it's moving faster than people will be found like places in Europe are the people, but no religious affiliation, and I use the generic term spiritual. They've now emerged as the largest religious denomination of all. And that's larger than the evangelicals or or larger than the Roman Catholics. That we live now in an area where people just say, I just worship whatever I want to worship and I don't connect with anything. So that leads us to a place, and again, I want to come back, there's a lot of hope here, and and we'll look at the passage. Leading people to Jesus in a world that's moving away from, from Jesus is increasingly difficult challenge, but the large, but so much more opportunity. So there's a, a positive side to it. You don't have to look very far to be able to invest and begin to develop relationships and have the chips to be able to talk to people about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We've been commissioned. So now let's look back at Matthew 16. Look at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of heaven, again, this is so interesting. He wasn't sitting in a church setting, like we call it, a church building setting. He's in where all the culture comes together, culture clashes, comes together. He said, who do people say that I am? And then some people said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then, then here's the crux. Jesus says, okay, that's fine, but I want to know who do you say that I am? What about you? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah. When we think about Messiah, you're the the rescuer. You're the one who has come to be. You're the only one. You're the voice of hope, the only voice of hope, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, boy, you got that right. The Messiah and the son of the living God. In other words, he's saying, what does the, what does the word of God have to do? And he says, and I'm going to build my church. And the gates sure comes when we, when G, I'm sure they were thinking the same thing, going, look at all these different things, and even the God of panic. What do I do with this? And how, is this, how, how do we deal with the, how culture is so antithetical to everything that you're saying, Jesus? And Jesus goes, hey, we, I got this. Your job is to point people to me. Is to point people to me. Your job up to share happen in your house. May what's going on up there happen in your neighborhood, wherever he may have you. So let's look at these these this verse eighteen. He says, "I tell you that Peter, you're Peter, and on this rock that that Jesus is the way, I will build my church." There's three things, uh, Chuck Swindoll puts them in this way. There are three things that, that he's saying that we can have hope. Number one, Jesus is the architect. Whenever you build a house, you want the perfect architect. You want the one who knows who's been around the block. Well, you're in great shape here because he's saying, I'm going to build you. I'm going to build the, the called out ones, and I'm going to be the architect. Secondly, Jesus himself will be involved in the building. He didn't delegate it. I will build my church. And then third, the church is an ongoing process. I will build my church. It's ongoing. Cultures, we try to figure out how do we make sure that we understand, we, we align. 
when hard and such instability that then there's this unevenness and this unsteadiness and I come back to say that that Jesus said I'm going to build my church and I've got this and and even the gates of hell even the gates of hard will not prevail against me so what does Jesus tell us to do Matthew 28 19 19 to 20 as you're going make disciples of all the nations and it's not just a focus on growing it's in order to be a disciple, you have to choose to follow him. That's what a disciple is. And so we, we, we enter into relationships with people. And so how do we help lead them to Jesus? And then how do we help them follow Jesus? And he says, so go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Alpha and Omega. That's where our hope is. The Son, the Rescuer, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus in every one of us who are called followers of Jesus. And then teach them what's going on up there so it could happen down here. And we live it out. We kingdom leadership, godly leadership. And then he said, and when hard in the faith of the age, there is hope you are never alone. And he's with you. He's the architect. He's the builder. He's in the process of helping us become more and more like him. He's leading us to be able to bring what's going on up there down here, beginning at home and working its way out. Engage. So this would be a good prayer that we engage in God. How does Jesus want me to live my life today? How does Jesus want me to live my life given my DNA, vocation? given background and for those of you who are old like me if you're not dead you're not done okay given my trained God help me to live my life given my affluence what this is talking about is engagement because what early followers of Jesus they didn't attend church they were the church they were engaged. And let me define engagement this way. Engagement is how one lives out their faith. That you stay engaged. And so because of one of the things that at New Cov, what we're trying to do is figure out how do we help with all of the things that are going on, certainly presently, but even before, even B.C., before COVID, uh, even, even B.C., we're trying to figure out with, with all that's changing around us, how do we help people? No longer should we talk about attendance. That's important. But that is not a primary. What is more important than attendance is engagement. How by living out their faith, beginning from the beginning, before they become to know Christ, till the point where they are part of the fellowship. And so we've even rearranged staff responsibilities. I've asked Beth to take over engagement ministry. So that the, the move fast track to getting engaged. One, to make sure they are follower of Jesus. And if not, help them develop uh, relationships so that they can. Engaged in the lives of others. It's also those who help us become gay, engaged. Has not struck a chord with you. There are a couple causes. One might just be that you just need to spend some time saying, God, would you, would you work in my heart in such a way that I have passion for people, I have passion for the culture the way that you do, that I would begin to pray, 
Jesus, how do you want me to live my life given and then listing all those things? You'd say, God, would you, would you do a work in my life that make me white hot about the things that concern you? That I would understand what's primary versus was the sex that started New Cove and still drives New Cove. See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? And here's the, here's the hope. Here's the encouragement. I'm making a way in the wilderness. When there's a wilderness, you wonder, how in the world are we going to make it? I'm lost. I'm, I'm unstable. And Jesus says, I'm doing a brand new thing. The cultures around us, the culture around us is changing. Don't worry. I'm doing a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness. And not just that, I'll make streams in the wasteland. You will not die of thirst. I will come and I will offer exactly what you need don't underestimate the significance of where you of what's working what's not working don't know before the foundation that you would be here in this particular setting the temptation and here's what's i believe let me give you my opinion at this point uh i believe there are probably three things that are going to uh, get you off track one is to disengage and try to avoid culture that you say, I'm, I'm, I'm back up and I'm not going to. And I think that's a safe thing, but I'm not convinced it's what God has called us to judge and condemn those around us. Like the people of Issachar who understand, uh, affect the way we live our lives and what Jesus t- teaches. Certainly that, but I think the temptation can be just to get mad and angry and, and just find fault with everything around us. I think there's something, a higher calling than just evaluating the lifestyles around us. The third is just to acquiesce and just accept what's going on around us and say, well, it's just, that's how it is. That is not what Jesus has called us to do. He's called us to engage. I like the way Chris Hodges in the Daniel Dilemma, but we're different than the culture around us to the God of panic, whatever gods may be around us these days of what society calls good. God has called us to be set apart, to be different, so that we can point people to Christ. But he also commands us to go into all the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ. That we don't just keep it to ourselves, but we take it and take it through. Hide itself ceases to follow him. Wow. Ceases to follow him. And so he calls about the visible community. What you can expect from us around it, the new individual. We're literally surrounded uh, in what we would call surrounded by people trade busyness for purpose. And especially being surrounded by so many young families. We want our families, or we want our parents to be engaged, to become confident, intentional, and connected. And one thing I'm so proud of at New Cove is our student ministry and our children's ministry. We have high caliber, high capacity, uh, high character leaders that are investing in helping our students understand what's primary and how do you follow Jesus and how do you live Jesus out wherever he has you that we point our students, we point uh, our children to Jesus. And, And I think, I cannot think of a better, as I look over the list of volunteers that we have who are consistently investing, I think, that is awesome. Belonging, where people are overwhelmed, we're going to offer hope and a sense of purpose. 
When fear and anxiety cripple, we're going to offer the peace of God and blessing of God. We are going to provide a simple and clear growth path for children, students, young adults, seasoned adults, I prefer that term, and all who are connected in the New Cove family. New Cove will be a place where we share the gospel with those in our circles. So if all this is going to happen, we're talking about supernatural change. A supernatural change. So let me put it this way and I'll land the plane. Not just for us. God, what will you do in me? What will you do through me? Not just for me. Ian Bounds put it this way. What the church needs today is people whom the Holy Spirit can use. People of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow. He does not anoint plans. What I want to challenge you to do is to take just completed it and it's, it's spot on. If you're not already involved, in about culminate this message by saying, how do we pray? Well, we pray to a supernatural God who can do supernatural things. So uh, what I'd like for you to take uh, your cell phones and if you will touch in 402-260-2400. And then if you will just text the word respond, then you'll get a quick response from that text you just sent to that number with the word respond. And it'll give you a place to write out prayer requests, how we can best pray for you. We continue to do that. It'll give you an opportunity if you want to uh, hang out and spend some time talking about the ramifications of what we've just talked about. We would love to enter into conversation with you. It also We'll give you some discussion questions that you can follow uh, after our talk today. Let me, before we talk about just, uh, let me just brag on the New Cove family once again. Uh, your giving has kept us afloat, and I urge you how you're giving generosity with New Cove. So a couple things made by the by material. Uh, were needed, and it's happened because people just said, I could, we had Royal Family Kids Camp, and again, your giving made a difference. Uh, we were all planned to have uh, three days, single day with, uh, with so many kids, and then the next out at a farm, and as you know, uh, Monday early morning, it, it, we had a deluge of rain. Ah, oh, you know, it's so uh, thinking, what do we do with our kids? Uh, and then uh, the sponsors as well. We quickly transformed the New Cuff facility into camp and divided up and made it safe for people. And we were able to uh, engage so effectively. And again, your giving, we give to the Royal Family Kids Camp. Uh, we were able to provide space. So once again, don't think your giving doesn't matter. It matters so much, and we're grateful for that. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that we would be busy about your kingdom, making what's going on up there happen down here, beginning in my life and then beginning in the places that you put me. And I pray that for our new family. Thank you, God. We not keep it to ourselves, the fact that you are going to build our church. You're going to build us. And, Father, your desire is for us to reach those around us. Would you give us a heart to do that? And would you make it so? And I pray this in the name of Jesus.